be at 18. It's 18, episode 18. Marie March, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to get you back in here. And um, not sure if you've been paying attention, but we're kind of veering into like more of a recurring guest model. Like, you know, we want some compelling stories, but we're just kind of venturing away from just like the everyday business. Like we want, we're trying, we're starving for attention over here. So we're trying to we're trying to like help people understand important people and like, you know, newly elected official here for the seventh district. Seventh district. Yeah. So congratulations Thank on the you. win. I appreciate that. Yeah. Tell us about it. How's, how are you feeling right now? My goodness. It has been wild. Um, every day, hundreds of people are still reaching out. Mm. They want to tell me their problems. Um, you know, some of the problems I can help with, some of the problems, you know, are not in the scope of, you know, political world, but, you know, there are a lot of issues across the district and, you know, anywhere from, you know, restoring our gun rights, there's election integrity issues. There's, there's just so many things, you know, under the Democrat control the last definitely two years, you know, just so many of our rights got stripped. So I'm on a mission to push Republicans to restore those rights. The Republican party, in Richmond and people who have been elected, the caucus, you know, they're, they want to play it very moderate because they want to continue to win the next few years of elections across the whole state, right. whether it's local or, you know, Morgan Griffith's seat or, you know, no matter what, they want all Republicans to win. So they're, they want to be very cautious. I have a different viewpoint. You know, I feel like the voters put us here to get something accomplished. That's the reason there was a red wave, mm-hmm. and we need to fulfill those campaign promises. Yep. So I think I think it's one of those things. You know, when you get the lead and you start trying to protect the lead, is when you get smashed. I agree. You know, and I think that the, the old practices and the fear of losing will cause you to lose. You know, you got to play to win all the time. You got to play to, you know, get things done that the people put you in power to get done. And not try to play this blocking game. And they like to feather their nest, too. Yeah. You know, the more they can feather it and make, make make it more comfortable and have more friends. And, you know, I'm not like that. And and I, I think they don't know what to do with me because I don't care if I'm in one term or ten terms. Yeah. I'm there to do a job for the voters, for the little guy. Yeah. And so... You know, if that results in, you know, and redistricting is going on right now. So I think in the next week and a half to two weeks, we may have all new districts. Of course, no matter what, I'm going to have Floyd County because that's where I live. But that may end up extending into Carroll County. I may lose Montgomery County. I may keep the exact same district. There's been four maps proposed, and the Democrats and Republicans could never reach consensus. So they all walked away from meetings, and it ended up in the hands of the Supreme Court of Virginia. So we're going to have the courts are going to end up drawing the maps. So we're, we may possibly know something you know, very soon. How does the court lean? It's Republican. Okay. Yeah. But, you know... The problem with that, I'm not an establishment candidate. Yeah. So people that have been in the system, you know, whether it's bureaucrats, whether it's judges, people that have worked their way through the system, they tend to go establishment because they're in the system Mm -hmm. and they've, you know, in some ways they kind of have to, to keep their jobs. Well, 
in this district, that could be a big issue because chances are I may end up getting pitted against maybe Ren Williams, who is also not establishment. Uh, he's very to the right. So they would love nothing more than to put us, you know, in a bag together and shake it up and have the cat fight. Mm. So that that may be how this plays out. He's in Patrick County, and they may redistrict Floyd, Patrick, Franklin, maybe Carroll. Mm. So, you know, and, and they would like that because you get rid of two anti-establishment and you only have one of them left to, gotcha. to cause you headaches. So you'd have to primary that out. You know, it had to go through the whole. And there's a chance we may be running this coming year. So mm -hmm. there's a chance we may come out of session on March 15th and be in a firehouse primary for that month, Gosh. which means we can only raise money between now and like January, I think it's 15th. You, you're not allowed to raise money during session. Mm -hmm. So whatever you have in the bank may be what you end up coming out of session. You know, it's, it could be crazy. crazy. I don't know. But I'm that? not going to worry about it. Right. I mean, you can't worry about anything being, until and, it's in front of you. And being a business owner, yeah. I just roll with the punches all the time. Yeah. So every day is a new challenge, and it it doesn't bother me. It doesn't intimidate me at all. You know, if we were gunslingers back in the West, we'd be the ones that's shooting from the hip. You know, as far as business owners today, that's, that's how it. I, I've always said I'm I'm a professional shoot from the hip. You know, like. I would love to be able to take my time and get up and aim right, you know, but that's just not, you know, what I'm able to do. I got to just make quick moves. It's true. Yeah. And people, you know, the more I'm doing this, the I feel more sorry for the small businesses. Yeah. So we just got state benefits that, that comes in with this, with this job. I get state benefits beginning sometime in January. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, We've been paying $2,200 a month for insurance, vision, dental, and our deductible was still like six or $8,000. State benefits, $400 a month for everything with like no deductible. Wow. And so, you know, I kind of turned that around. I was meeting with a school board last week, and they were complaining that the teachers only make 42000 a year, and they only get these state benefits, and they only get a pension, and they only get this and that. And I'm like... Brother, you all are talking to the wrong person <laughs> in this room right now. Because being a small business owner, we have nothing. We don't have benefits. Yeah. You know, we don't have anything. Yeah. Our staff has nothing, you know, and there's nobody that's going to bail us out. So I, you know, I'm being quiet in a lot of these meetings because they don't even want to hear the thoughts going through my head because it's not that they need more money and they need more of this and they need more of that. You know, it's, you know, I feel like government needs a wake-up call for what the real world experience is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the private sector is getting fleeced. We are. I mean, we are getting ripped off hugely. We are. I mean, it's uh, it's devastating. And hammered with taxes. Yeah. You know, my bank accounts, we're, we're buying a property right now, and I called my accountant. I'm like, where'd all the money go? Like, last week there was all this money, and now there's not. She's like... Property taxes, Marie, they yeah. came due on December 5th. Yeah. She's like, your accounts are gone. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> right. where am I going to get my closing money for these? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's unbelievable. Uh, the roller coaster we go on, I mean, it's, you know, $100,000 a month in, in May, but yeah. in December it's like five gone. grand and it's, it's five, it's a five grand month. 
And like, wh- where did all that money? Where did all that money go? We were sitting on these piles of money, and literally, property tax just like wiped it out. I'm yeah. like, <sighs> I yeah. mean, it's just it's infuriating. But in something down in like something inside me, when the money gets low and I start to see it, it puts me back in action, and then I just go produce again. Yeah, that's just like yeah. I almost need that section of time to get hungry <laughs> to keep going. It's time to yeah. get with it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely start paying closer attention to numbers and what's going on at the businesses and, you know, who's... And I don't want to have to dip into my investment accounts. Mm -mm. Like, I don't want to liquidate any of that stuff. Well, Jared reminded me, I was panicking over money, and he's like, I mean, Marie, if we had to sell off those 401ks, I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot we had those. You know, like, because I don't even consider that we're going to ever touch that, but it is nice to know, but you get hit with, what, 25%? Yeah you know, capital gains, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, we've never had to do that yet, but you never know. That's fortunate. And and that's a good little uh, backup plan, plan B. I had forgotten yeah. about it. it you know, it's, to me, it doesn't even exist. But right. That's a good it, way to look at it. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, being a business owner, one of the school board members, he said, I feel like everybody should have he, – he, he was a high school teacher – and he said, I feel like everyone should have had to have been a teacher to understand. And I said, sir, I feel like everybody should have to be a small business owner to understand. Yeah. So, you know, that's my life experience. I think it's, you know, I think I'm the victim. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks he's the victim. Right. But. No one's getting treated fairly over here, That's right? the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's this. It's the haves and the have-nots, and I'm really seeing that. Oh, my goodness. Even going to Richmond, you know, the bureaucracy, it's it's big. It's, you know, it caters to the elites that are the elected people that are in in power, and, you know, it's real eye-opening, and it's, I don't think your typical citizen really understands it and sees how it works. So I don't know. Is the system completely broken? Is it repairable? I don't know. I mean, I, I'll know that more. I'm interested in three months mm-hmm. on after you've, you know, tried to get some of your influence in that machine and mm-hmm. and how you've been, re- you know. It's all seniority, too. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how they embrace you or if they – kind of try to keep you in a like a little stiff arm just just mm-hmm. close enough but not you know but not close not not cl- you know just kind of at arm's length I'm just trying to I'm interested to see your perspective on mm-hmm. things and and um you know the work that you're able to do tell us tell us what you're yeah tell us what you're going to be working on oh, and boy. like what you're passionate about what you're trying to gonna get the leadership to get through we've been busy so we had you pre-file bills we had up until November 29th. So we had a two-week period, and you can pre-file as many bills as you want. Mm-hmm. And what that means is any anything that you've heard from your constituents, you just start sending it to a group called Legislative Services. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a, a little, I don't want to call it an agency, but a little wing in, you know, and they, they're a group of lawyers, and they write your bills for you. Mm-hmm. So... We haven't gotten any of these bills back. They're all in draft right now. They've been submitted. After your pre-file date of November 29th through, I think, the first day of session, which is, is it January 12th or 15th? I'm not sure. One of those days. You can you can only submit five more bills. 
So that's why it was a mad dash to put in as many bills as we mm-hmm. could gotcha. for those for those two weeks. So some of these bills are kind of softballs, you know, to to excite people here in the district. And I, and that, that's the first one that we put in. And it was something that Nick Rush actually carried before me. And it was to allow the municipalities and the schools to put in God We Trust and a flag decal on the sides of school buses. Mm. So it actually – and you have to look for things, too, that you think you could stand possibly a chance of getting them through committee because yeah. they've got to go into their committee, and then they have to emerge from committee to get voted on. And that's how they squash things in your own party is they send it to committee and they squash it in committee. So it never – Reaches the floor. Never reaches the floor. Yeah. So this one, I'm like, who's going to vote against the flag? And if you're going to vote against the flag, you're going to look bad. Yeah. So let's go ahead and put this one in there. It reached a, uh, I believe it was a tie vote when Nick carried it. So now that we have the house, we should be able to get it out of the house. So it'll allow, and, it, and that came to us from Gene Bishop, who's a school board member in Floyd County. He's like, you know, we want to put flags on the decals on the sides of school buses so he told me about it. He proposed it several years ago, never went anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. So that's a softball bill, but it's a neat one. And yeah. it'll, you know, it'll help to teach kids patriotism. Right. The more we can teach that, the better. And it'll kind of help people identify the non-patriots if they vote against it. Exactly. So, like, how can you vote against that? If you're, if you love America, if, uh-huh. you, if you love you know, mm-hmm. the freedom that that represents, mm-hmm. that's going to just kind of, um, you know, expose them mm-hmm. a little bit. And we really do want to expose. If there's communists in the House of Delegates, let's figure out who they are. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's a great bill. I think it's wonderful. Floyd County is going to love it. Montgomery County is going to love it. Yeah. You know. So, and I've got another one that's a bit of a softball bill, but it's a good one. I had a volunteer fireman reach out to me, I believe from Floyd County, and he said, Marie, we're having such a hard time recruiting volunteer firemen. You know, everybody's work, people who are working are working really hard, and then there's all these other people that aren't doing anything, and they're just getting free money, but they're having a hard time recruiting and keeping volunteers. Mm -hmm. So he said in North Carolina, they do a free lifetime hunting and fishing license to emergency personnel, Um, and I'm like, yeah. Why not? Why doesn't not? cost the taxpayers anything. I don't think. No. I mean, you know, shouldn't shouldn't cause any issues at all. So I put that one on there. I'm like, why don't we mimic the North Carolina bill? I put a I think we're going to try to do it with three consecutive years of service only because you don't want somebody to sign up and just just to get the lifetime. Be there six months and leave. Exactly. Does it expire at their time of leaving or like. It's lifetime. So, uh, yeah, you can't get you can't go for a month and get a lifetime pass and then quit. And we learned that in the restaurant business. People come for a day, get a free T-shirt and then they quit the next day. And we've given out like 400 do South shirts. (laughs) So we you have to kind of hold that a little bit. Yeah. So we put that one in. Um, in in Floyd County, there's a lot of homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. And with what's going on in the school systems right now, you know, there's a lot of people bailing on public school. Yeah. You know, you're well aware of what's been going on in Loudoun County all yeah. over. Yeah. So the Tim Tebow bill I'm carrying, and there may be someone else carrying this. I don't know who will end up carrying it. But that's the one that allows the homeschool kids, the private school kids to play public school sports nice 
So my thought with that, if we do a true voucher program, true voucher, where the money follows the child, this could be a way for those public schools to recoup some percentage of that tax money to pay for their facilities. So maybe we can get both of these things passed, school voucher, Tim Tebow bill, and that way homeschool kids can still play football. And that's another problem. Both of my sons played football. These football teams have hardly any kids on them anymore. You know, they don't hardly, they can't hardly make a team. They're having to bring the JV to play varsity because they don't have enough kids. So if we have the homeschool kids, the private school kids, if everybody still is allowed to come play these team sports, this is a good time to do it because it would be enticing to the public schools to keep some percentage of money for their facilities. I mean, when when revenue is on the docket, people change their minds pretty quick. That's right. (laughs) So now's the time to propose this. So I'm trying to get into everybody's ear about this is the time to do it. And that way, too, your homeschool kids get to interact with your public school kids, you know. There's a socialization. Yeah. You know, that the private the private homeschool kids probably don't get that's to, right. to, to experience, you know. I think that's, uh, you know, from what I've what I've heard and understood is they, they don't know how to interact. Like, those kids lack the social skills at yes. the public schools, but they're, they're far more educated. Because yes. they're getting more attention and not this as many kids. This solves that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And it introduces these kids to all the kids in the community. So, you know, I've been put out with the public schools and I've thought about, you know, pulling my 14 year old out of school and he's like, Mama, I'll never find a girl to date. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, that's just, his just, argument. Ta- just tell him that high school is not important when it comes to love. <laughs> just, that is the worst place to try to find a girlfriend. I would say that. High school. Except my older son met his wife and they got he married. He beat the odds. He, he beat, beat the, the odds. odds. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but that's his argument for why he has to stay in public school. <laughs> the women, mom, the women. And that's all they think about it 14 and 15. Right. I took a group of those boys to some haunted houses and I was just like, you all are just like testosterone. <laughs> like I can't even, <laughs> it's so bad. Right. That's wild. But so, yeah, so that's a, a bill that I think now is a critical time to lump it in. Yeah. Um, red flag gun confis- confiscation, the red flag laws. Yeah. Those came into effect during the Dems. Uh, we've got to undo that and repeal that. Uh, we have a very strong bill that has been proposed by Virginia Constitutional Conservatives that we submitted for, I think it's called, um, I don't have it in front of me, but it's ca- it's it's just called, did he call it a Bill of Rights? I'm not sure, a Virginia Bill of Rights bill. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what the name is, but we've submitted it. It hasn't come back from draft yet, but we are going to repeal, and that'll you know, I'm going to dig in and carry that bill. Yeah. Even if they tell me that they're, it's not going to make it through committee, whatever they do, I'm going to dig in on that one. That's one, you know, and you understand red flag yeah. laws. Like yeah. you can basically, it gives oh, the courts. Oh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of her. Take yeah. her guns. Oh. Oh, she's crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's crazy. Let's yeah. go take their guns. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like thought crime. Right. You know, we can't have that in America. He said this. That means he will do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, experiencing what we've experienced, you know, with Chris Hurst coming against our businesses and someone came and cut our flag down from Fatbacks, you know, people jump to conclusions. I mean, they, they called me an insurrectionist. 
I was never at the Capitol. Right. You know, so they, they defame, they drum up their own little scenario. You know, all of us with red flag laws, all of us could be, you know, carted off to jail. Yep. So we, we've got to stop that. It's, it is an infringement on our Second Amendment. It's 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 infringement of Fourth with due process. It's infringement of everything. Yeah. It's anti-America. Do you think Virginia could go um, constitutional carry? Yeah, we're carrying that too. We submitted nice. for that too. Twenty-one other states have already become constitutional carry states. We're hoping Virginia will join that. I am being kind of called down, though. I will say by leadership because I've jumped on gun bills. I'm like. Give me all the gun bills. I'll carry them. My district, you know, well, my husband is probably the biggest Second Amendment guy that you've ever met. Mm -hmm. I am too. But my district, this is what they want. You know, we went to two of the sanctuary meetings for Montgomery County and Floyd County, thousands of people at those meetings. So this is a big deal to the constituents. And I'm in a solid red enough district, you know, it's not going to hurt me one bit to carry them. Yeah. So when we were going over bills that needed to be carried, it was like crickets. People are like, well, you know, I don't know. And I'm like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to carry, but I think those might be the only two gun. No, no, no. I'm also going to be carrying the full repeal of HB 2295. Tell us about that. Which is the bill that they, the Dems did away with allowing people to carry on Capitol Square. So you remember several years ago when Lobby Day, huge Lobby Day, I think they had 20,000 people that went up there. Yeah. Everyone was carrying guns. And shortly thereafter, I guess that was the same session that they did away with people's rights to carry. So for 200 years, we've been allowed to carry on the Capitol grounds, and then the Dems did away with that. So that repeals uh, that bill. And I'm particularly upset about that bill. We just bought a condo in Richmond. It's down on the river. Do you know the layout of Richmond? I don't. Okay. The Capitol is a little bit uphill, and you kind of go downhill, and we bought a condo. You know, it's like four-tenths of a mile, so I can walk. Yep. So I had to go up there for a speech at the Bell Tower on Capitol Square, and it was one morning, and Jared was here at work, so I was up in Richmond by myself. And I'm in the parking garage, and I'm getting ready to go catch an Uber. I didn't want to walk that day. But in the parking garage is this weird dude doing weird things. He looked aggressive. He's running around. He's talking to himself. He's like circling my vehicle. And I'm like, I have to disarm right now because I'm not allowed to carry where I'm going. So I'm furious about it. I'm literally like fuming in my vehicle because I carry pretty much everywhere I go. You know, we have rental properties. We have a boarding house. We have, we work with people that come out of incarceration, you know, we carry. So that morning I texted on my way. I was livid, but I was so angry. I think the guy even knew not to mess with me. Like I got out of my vehicle and he kind of like wandered away. (laughs) (laughs) And then I fired off a text to the majority leader, which is the guy that makes all the rules. His name is Todd Gilbert. He makes all the rules. And I said, I am furious. I said, I can't carry my gun today. This is ridiculous. I'm going to get victimized. I'm a female. I'm all alone in Richmond. Richmond is a dangerous place. And he was like, I'm sorry, Murray. (laughs) He's like, why don't you carry that bill? And I'm like, oh, by God, I'm going to. So that made its way onto this. And I mean, it's very personal. Yeah. And I think it would be good for a female to carry that bill. 
because I was talking to some of the Democrat legislators and they're in the same boat, you know? I mean, they can't carry and there's, they've all been through the primaries and the election. There's crazy people. So we have to be able to protect our rights and have our rights and restore our rights. So I think, you know, maybe I am idealistic, but I think even some of the Democrats, you know, some of the Democrats are not against gun rights. Yeah. So we've just got to get them back. And with this redistricting, some of them are going to lose their safe Democrat districts. So now's the time to possibly get them to get on the right team. When will those lines be in effect? We don't. Well, they'll be in effect. We don't know the answer to that. So we think we may know something in a week and a half to two weeks. Who knows? It could drag out through the whole session in March. Um but they will be in a, as soon as they announce them, they'll be in, in effect. And then it may go to court to find out if we have to run next year. There's kind of two beliefs on that. You know, we were we were elected to serve a two year term. Yeah. That's what the voters expect. But then there's also been some court cases that have found that I don't even know. I don't even know. It, yeah. We could be running like three elections in a row year to year to year. Wow. Who knows? That's wild. So yeah. you'll, you've won this one. You'll have to win the one at the firehouse. Yep. And then you'll have to win the following at, year. after the, uh, the two-year term. You got it. Wow. We'll be running three years in a row. Wow. So we picked up all of our signs. We tucked them away to reuse our signs, you know, because we have no money. Right. I mean, we've, you know, we pumped what we could into the primary, but we're, we're you know, it's, it's just such a money racket. Mm. It's so expensive. But so, yeah, those are my gun bills. There's some, you'll like this one. So protecting landlords from rent moratoriums. I submitted for that. Yeah. Um, I have so many friends that that impacted, you know, they had, you know, units sitting there. People just decided they're not going to pay their rent because they don't have to. And the biggest problem is you have to chase down that person for them to fill out the paperwork if you're going to get any CARES money. Yes, government assistance. So in our case, we had a rental property that, you know, the guy just, oh, he didn't even like my politics. He was furious, you know, that I am a Republican. So he just tried to bleed us out through that whole thing. And, of course, we couldn't chase him down. He's not going to lift a finger to try to get us compensated. But meanwhile, we have a mortgage payment. Yeah. So that was totally unfair to the landlords. You know, we all still had to keep paying our bills while the rest of the world didn't have to pay theirs. The CDC should not run this country. Absolutely not. Unelected bureaucrats. And they're they're running the show in so many ways. It's so much power that they've they've grabbed. We've let it happen. Let it happen. Just laid down and took it. And largely, I mean, I still fault politicians for that. I feel like you know, some of these mandates, all these different things. You think Glenn Youngkin's going to make a difference in that regard in Virginia? I hope so. Yeah. You know? We need him to. We really do. We need freedom. We need freedom. Yeah. I hope. I have high hopes. Yeah. And if he doesn't, I'm here to push him. No doubt. So that's my whole job. Yes. You know, that's how I see my job. Yes. Um, I'm also submitting for stopping school mask mandates, Yes, which is the DeSantis Parents Bill of Rights. We've submitted for that. That Florida model is how everybody should be modeling. We're all in. We love DeSantis. So I think most everyone in this district loves DeSantis. Uh, We're putting in a halt for vaccine mandates on businesses as well. 
And that's also another personal thing. I don't know if you know this, but Jared, my husband, just got fired two weeks ago from HCA. Oh, wow. 48 hours after putting in his religious exemption for the shot. Wow. So <laughs> he came home from work at 5 o'clock. He said, I just got fired. And I'm like, okay, so let's open your own private practice. Let's look at buildings tomorrow. So we actually we knew of a building in Floyd that would have lended itself to make a great office, and we bought it, like, immediately. Nice. We've got people painting it right now. And, you know, my friend John Wilburn said, you know, Marie, patriots need a doctor, too. Yep. So we've gone. And John also said, whoa. He said, you all went down with the ship. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's what we do. Right. <laughs> so, you know, Jared has seen – what people don't realize in healthcare, you know, he has seen bad outcomes with this shot. Yeah. There's nurses that have gotten Bell's palsy. Yep. I've seen, I've seen some Bell's palsy. Mm -hmm. There's yep. myocarditis. There's young people that suddenly they get the shot. Their heart rate speeds up to 195 beats a minute. Their heart becomes inflamed. Um, we've seen uh, just, I, I can't probably, I shouldn't discuss a lot of it, but he's seen a lot. I mean, with with ten variants out and booster shots and it's just a never it's looks like it's a never ending thing that we're about to go through. They're and gonna keep putting you in the fear. Oh well, I went ahead and had the the first couple doses. I might as well go ahead and get if I'm gonna do that. I might as well do that, right? right? And it's Russian roulette. Yeah. So some most people are fine. They get the shot. They're fine. But then you've got a percentage, and I, I don't know what that percentage is, and I'm not sure they're even documenting it because they don't want people to know. I don't know that they're following it. Yeah. But we know enough people that have had my, – my father got the shot. His lips turned blue for the next three or four months. He had to get the shot because he was still in the military, and he ended up quitting the military to not have to get the second shot because the first shot made him so sick. Wow. His lips turned blue because he wasn't – his blood was not oxygenating. Wow. So our family became very fearful. And my mother hasn't taken the shot, you know. But we all had COVID. We've all been through COVID. We had it. Yep. It was awful. We were miserable. Yep. We were very sick. But, you know, we've been around people with COVID since, and we haven't gotten it again because we have antibodies. Yep. So this natural immunity. COVID recovered is way better than vaccinated. It is. And no one, you know, people, they're not recognizing that. Yeah. The healthcare community is not recognizing it, and they're shaming any doctors who do. Yeah. And that's not microbiology. You know, anyone that's had microbiology, you know, you know natural immunity that is acquired, and you go through a harsh form of the disease, and you're going to be, you know, you've got your antibodies. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. So that's why I'm carrying that bill is we've got, you know, there's people reaching out across my whole district you know, Ms. March, what are we going to do? We're about to lose our jobs. It, this is sickening. Yeah. It is sickening that employers would even allow that to happen. Yep. And, and Virginia Tech is a big, is a big, uh, you know, corp. I don't know what the word is, but they're, they have forced all of their people, all the students, all the athletes. I mean, these, these athletes that they've, They've mandated to take vaccine, you know, vaccinations. They're some of the most healthy, like capable people to survive this of them all. And they're making all of the athletes do it. That's, um, you know, I know of a couple of football players that had real issues with that. 
because because if they decided to quit playing football because of it, then they're they're going to lose the opportunity to make it to the next level. Their lifetime, yeah, it ruins. And, their and lifetime. they've they've worked so hard to get to that level that now they're just going to be you know taken down, you know, so to speak. Like they are going to be forced into doing something they don't necessarily want to do that could impact you know even just having children you know they're saying you know being able to create you know they're sterilizing people pretty much is some of the some of the thought process of it all too and see my husband he was a real thorn to to this whole system he was writing medical exemptions um you know because people have you know they already have heart issues arrhythmias different things so he was he wasn't he wasn't towing the line he wasn't towing the line at at one point he was writing for ivermectin you know until he got a nasty gram from hca that if we catch you again writing ivermectin so jared and not only that during my political you know campaign people were spray painting his parking lot i think four different times they spray painted lgbtq across his parking lot so People were having to come out and clean that up like every other day. So they're getting vandalized. He's not towing the line. He's acting independently. And they finally just fired him. You know, the religious exemption, we believe, was the icing on the cake for them. And they just decided this guy's a troublemaker and we're not keeping him around. ACH? Uh, HCA, which is Lewis Lewis Gale. HCA, if you want to reply to that, you Mm -hmm. know, if you you want to speak on that, uh, we'll take a phone call. You know, we'll take we'll take a response in writing or email if you want to contact us. If you happen to stumble across this video, we're actually working with attorneys too. Yeah. We plan to sue, so yeah. it's um, I'll update you on how that goes as well. It, you know, he wasn't he wasn't treated. You know, we have rights yeah. as Americans. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm on the war path for that as well. Right on. But we've got a lot of. You know, and there's so there's some other little things that we're carrying. Oh, when it comes to small businesses, well, whistleblowers. So in my campaign, I have a lot of whistleblowers that got behind me. They're mm-hmm. whistleblowers that go after local government. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. You know, whether it's Christiansburg, I ended up meeting whistleblowers in Pulaski, and I've met whistleblowers in Floyd, and they, they're my people yeah. because they're holding people accountable, holding government accountable. I want to see a total revamp of FOIA. So right now, FOIA can be used by bureaucracy. They can just, if you request that you want something for the last two years to find out correspondences between two different elected officials, they can run it and then tell you, oh, that, well, one of the girls that I know, she got, uh, I believe they told her it was going to be $27,000 for her FOIA request. Wow. So she couldn't get it. Who can afford that? Yeah. You know, I've got another friend of mine in Floyd. Uh, people send me these emails. They're like, Marie, I'm trying to do this for you. They're charging me $537. They're charging me $1,200, $800. The public doesn't have that kind of money just to, just to showcase transparency and to yeah. be able to see what our electeds are doing. So my thought with FOIA, we already have .gov email addresses, Why are we not dumping these into a database that's a public-facing, searchable database that people can search at any given time? So I want to see the whole thing revamped to where it's not an administrator over in your local municipality that's having to search through all this stuff. We need to get with the technology and get with the times and do a front-facing, public, searchable database that doesn't cost anybody anything. And there's – I don't think it would be that difficult. I mean – 
I'm not real technologically savvy, but I know there's software companies and there's database companies that can probably do this. Yeah. So I'm already, I've even talked to some of the Democrats because believe it or not, some of the Democrats believe in FOIA, but they believe in, you know, minorities getting to get free FOIAs. You know, they believe in different aspects of FOIA. Yeah. I want to get us all on the same page where we can, if it costs the state some money to do it, I think the savings in the long run is going to be astronomical because it's it's costing, you know, the bureaucracy their time and energy. They're having to round up all the FOIAs, do the searches, and then, then they have to go through and redact anything that's personal. There's like 150 different exemptions in FOIA that they have to redact. So my thought is... You tr- everybody that's, that uses a .gov address, you train them on what's redacted. When they have redacted information, you send that to a different place versus the, you know, the usual searchable database. Mm-hmm. So there's a way. They're already training us in how to use FOIA anyway. Right. So that's a big one. And I don't know if I can get it to go anywhere. I, I've told a couple delegates, and one guy said, Marie, you're going to get laughed out of your committee if you bring that up. He's like, it's, he's like, what you're proposing is monumental. And I'm like, we've got to do it. You know, yeah. this system is broken. Yeah, it's, and that is, it's weird that they're charging different amounts for different people too. Do they just throw a dart at the board and say, all right, all right, $1,000, boom. And they try to make it as complicated as possible so they don't have to do it. So if they tell you $27,000, that means they don't have to fool with it because they know you're never going to come up with that. So it's a tool that's being – wars being waged from government versus citizens. And we've got to get to where the citizens – this has got to be open, transparent government. It doesn't feel like we the people right now. No, it doesn't. It feels like government versus the people. And I tell you, I mean, even going into Richmond and looking at those buildings and looking all around – Nobody wants for anything up there, you know. But don't let the don't let the glitz and the glam <laughs> blind you. <laughs> Keep it makes that fire. Me, it makes me angry more than anything. <laughs> I sit there and I'm like, so what, just are, what are they eating for lunch? You know, <laughs> that costs money. <laughs> it, does. it does. It makes me mad. It all just, and I think it's that small business mentality. Right. You know, we've had to scrape and claw and pinch pennies and so many stressful nights of not having enough money to do what we want to do and and then then I get my state benefits and I'm like four hundred dollars like for everything yeah I mean and they don't even realize like when you're when you're in the system you don't even realize what what the outside world is having to deal with yeah so I've got to bring that. That's yeah. that's my whole goal is to just hammer that down every chance I get yeah. to get them to understand what the real world is dealing with. Right. And I and I may be mean about it, you know, whatever it takes. To get to get the word across, they'll make an impact. Sometimes you gotta hurt a feeling. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. Sales and meals tax, compensation for credit card fees. I think I told you guys about that. Yeah. Right now, when we round up sales tax uh, for merchants, um, we're paying we are paying the credit card fees to the credit card company and government's not compensating us for that, for that amount of money. Mm. So we're going to do a tax credit for that amount of money. Um, I'm also, I submitted for a time study on every single state agency mandated form. So whether it's in the real estate market, whether it's in the restaurant industry, you know, whatever the industry is, whatever VEC forms, DEQ forms, whatever's mandated by the state, 
we're doing a time study this year, and the next year we're going to assign a fee that they're going to have to compensate everybody for filling out those forms. And it's probably going to be whatever minimum wage is. Right. You know, so it's, it's got to at least be what they're charging us to pay people. Right. So, you know, we've... That's interesting. We've got to start... We're not getting compensated for our time. Right. You know, we're doing all this administration for the government, and they're forcing it. They're just like, well, you know, you shall do this for us. And, you know, it, I have 10 different businesses. We have to pay an accountant all day, every day to be submitting all this stuff. Yeah. You know, if I had to do it on my own, I wouldn't own 10 businesses. Right. So we're paying probably an entire salaried human being just to keep up with all the forms and the mandates. That's wild. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So, so what are some key dates for you? What are like, you're doing all this stuff when is session, like, like you've already been sworn in and everything, right? Like not yet. Okay. So when is that? That's a key date for you, right? I think it's the 12th. It's either the 12th or the 15th. I'll have to look. Let me see if and I and you're, you're pretty much the same day as young can get sworn in, right? Is that, is everything happening at the same time or how does that here. work? Yep. Swearing in is the 12th. Okay. I think that's the same. I've got it. I don't have it printed out in front of me. I'm not sure if it's the same day. We're doing, so you're only allowed three tickets to your swearing in. So I've got, I mean, I've got my parents, I've got my husband, and I've got two kids, and one of my kids is married. I can't even bring my immediate family to my swearing in. That's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. But what they do give you is they give you a date where you can do a, a ceremonial swearing in, and you can have up to 300 people. So we're announcing that on Facebook today, and that's nice. on uh January 22nd at 11 a.m. And we're, I think we're getting a room maybe in the Capitol or maybe in the Pocahontas building to yeah. host like a big event afterwards and just have a party. And and I think there'll be lobbyists having events and different things are going on. So we'll probably have all kinds of stuff for people to get into if they want to come up there. Right. But yeah, the actual, and the inauguration of the governor, I don't even know what date that is, but yeah, we have to be there for that. Just me. I'm not even sure if they're going to let my husband attend. We don't even know. We don't know details. Right. I don't have an office yet. I don't have a phone number yet. Right. I don't have my email address yet. <laughs> so you got the 12th of January. Mm -hmm. Then you got all these bills you were talking about that and are that being is, drafted. And so those have to be submitted. So are you still working in conjunction with Nick? Are you? No. So you you you've this is all you now. He has no there's no more business for him to handle. Mm-mm. Gotcha. He hopped on with the Jason Ballard campaign. Yeah. And did you see my skirmish with the Montgomery County GOP? No, I did not. So I ended up in the newspaper over that. Like three days before the election, I called out some things that were going on in the Montgomery GOP. Yeah. It was basically the field rep for the Yunkin campaign, Jake Petzold was a big fan of Sherry Blevins, who I beat in the primary, and he held a grudge ever since I won. He was just fuming about it. Yeah. So all these people kept contacting my campaign. They couldn't get my signs from that district office. They kept going by there. He never had Marie signs. We'd give him signs. we think he was throwing the signs away. We don't know what he was doing with them. Yeah. But finally, we started sending, we sent a friend of ours that was a secret shopper to find out, and he would badmouth me to the person. Wow. He was like, oh, no, we're not supporting her. He was, like, talking. He was acting on behalf of Yunkin's campaign. So the Floyd County GOP party sent a letter to Yunkin's campaign saying, 
you know, you have this guy that's gone rogue, you know, can you please deal with it? And they ignored it. They didn't want, they didn't want any waves, I'm sure. But Nick took sides with Jake. Nick ended up, you know, I, I called the whole thing out at a Montgomery GOP meeting. I talked about the letter that the Floyd mm. GOP had written on behalf of, of my campaign. And to get the Montgomery County GOP to deal with it, they just, it was a mess. Wow. I mean, but the good news is there's going to be new leadership in the Montgomery GOP. We've signed up 60 new members to the Montgomery party. And, you know, this this kind of old guard that has been, you know, controlling things around here we've got new blood that's we would like to party. see that all over the new river valley mm-hmm. well yeah, it's going on in pulaski too pulaski just signed up 60 new people too it needs to happen in giles yeah i don't know much about giles but i have a feeling giles has the same problems yeah yep. i know some of the players over there and there's there's big issues one of those players was very instrumental in helping jake to not give out my signs and they've just been doing it for so long they feel like i haven't put in my time i haven't earned you know, you have to you have to be this puppet that's been groomed, yeah. and I'm not that. And and you help support Amanda Chase. Oh yeah. And that that puts you as a target to not support because of because she's anti-establishment. Yeah. You know, I am totally anti-establishment. Yeah. And the more I see of the establishment, the more I'm anti-establishment because it's not serving the people. Correct. So, you know, we you know I, I had a lot of my friends when I. I ended up getting videoed making this speech to the Montgomery GOP and that video got released and I ended up getting a call from the Roanoke Times and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is two days before the election. What am I doing? But I basically got a standing ovation that night. I mean, once I said it, it was the elephant in the room and everyone already knew it was going on. And, you know, this one click ran out the door after the meeting and then the whole room lined up to hug me, pat me on the back, you know, tell me they're proud of me for standing up. And I did it right before the election. I'm sure it cost me votes, but I'm not, you know, I'm in this to be very honest and to try to affect change. We need less government and more of the people's voice. I think that's exactly what you provide I'm excited to continue to have you on. You know, let's just maybe do every 60 days. I'm cool. I love it. Yeah. You helped me get the word out too. Like I wanted to talk about these bills, but it just would have been me, you know, filming myself in a selfie. Right. You know, just I would much rather come on here and tell you what we're up to and what we're working on. I've got a really cool lady that's my legislative aide. Did I I already tell you guys this? No, I don't think so. She came from uh, her and her husband ran her husband was the campaign manager for Ron Paul's presidential nice. campaign. Nice. And they helped Rand Paul for years and years. So they come from politics. They know the system. They know how to raise money. They know how to. They know the numbers game. The numbers yeah. game. Yeah, they know all of this. So I've got some serious, like, firepower on my team. And they know a lot of the players. So some of the groups that have lined up behind me are very pro-liberty and John and Beth Tate, you know, know all these folks, whether it's, you know, Young Americans for Liberty is behind me, Club for Growth is behind me. The same people that run the Freedom Caucus in Congress are behind me. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we're starting a, a House Freedom Caucus at the state level across the whole country. It's going on right now. They're having their first um, 
like introductory uh, meeting to talk about it publicly. Jim Jordan is the main speaker nice. in Atlanta on December. Is that the 14th or the 15th? So that's happening this month. And they invited me to come down and be a guest speaker because we're heading it up up here in Virginia. Nice. So I'm the pro-liberty candidate. We're going to pull together. I think there's six or seven of us that are endorsed by those groups. And we're going to be kind of the Freedom Caucus for the House of Delegates. That's awesome. So we'll have a voting block. Can I give Can I give you some advice to end the show? Sure. All right. So, um, I think you need to be everywhere. You know, you you're not. I don't think you're active on Twitter. You're not active. I don't know on, how to do any of it. You need to get help. Who can help me? Somebody can help you. Okay. Somebody, but I you need, need to be. You need to be what they call omnipresent. You I need, need to be everywhere. If I can get help, I'm all over it. Yeah. I just I mean, don't know who to get to help me. There's got to be a social media manager out there mm-hmm. that would that would love to just have a resume build mm-hmm. on your brand. Communications. You know, like you getting these opportunities to spread the word of the New River Valley throughout the country if if the opportunity comes. Like, I agree. You know, like you having some outlet into, you know – Fox News or, you know, whatever the hot news company is at the moment, you know, that's independent and like putting out good stuff. And they, so. they even interviewed me for that big meeting uh, in Atlanta. And I think I, I cut a commercial over Zoom and the guy was just like, you're hilarious. He's like, you, you, are. you don't mind talking. And I'm like, I don't really have a problem talking. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. Putting you on stage in front of. Uh, you know, a million people watching. I think that's a good. I think that's a good thing. I think good for have, the Republican Party, and it's good for the New River Valley. It's good that it's it, you know what's your showing people isn't just the effective change in our daily lives, but they're they're saying, oh well, this lady's from here mm-hmm. and she did that. Mm-hmm. You know, like so whatever whatever your ambition is, you know, maybe you are a couple of terms and out and back to your life. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe this is something that you find passion in that you can actually like be something special. I love the fight. I really do. Like the fight, some people, a fight wears them down and it makes them feel bad. It energizes me. The minute when, when my husband got fired, I'm like, you're ready to go. Fabulous. (laughs) Like we're buying a building (laughs) and we're going to make the best independent practice in the new river valley. There you go. So that's just an inspiration. Like your path can inspire and lead to other great things here in the community. And we've got to inspire citizens to get involved and run for all these offices. And you got to be everywhere. So wherever these people are paying attention, they see you. They can't miss something, you know, um, they can't miss something because you're not on this platform, you know, like you're going to be doing the video anyway. You shouldn't just put it on Facebook. You should repurpose that everywhere you can. So you really need to find somebody and they're out there. And, you know, maybe if they stumble across this video, just kind of like the healthcare people, like you need help. You need help being everywhere. Your voice needs to be amplified and, uh, Go get that done. I mean, I've got to. You're totally right. I already know it's a weakness in our campaign, and I don't know. I'm not sure where to turn. So, and that's not Beth and John's forte. Yeah. So we've just got to find the people and figure out how to pay them. And And that's 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 the kicker too, right? So you know that's going to be a paid for service. Mm -hmm. Um, But if your brand continues to grow and and you're actually able to. you know, get these speaking, I mean, speaking fees, you can charge a speaking fee, you know, I mean, if you're going around doing this stuff, eventually they're going to be coming to you and saying, 
All right, we'll pay you this to do that. You know what's so funny? I hate public speaking. Yeah. This is what's so hilarious. I don't gravitate towards it. I don't look forward to it. But I like writing speeches because it gives me a chance to start telling some of the stories and the the reasons that I'm, you know, I think the way I do. Yeah. So I like to be a storyteller and I've gotten comfortable. I don't get nervous. I can get up there. But it's just like today we we got you a little gift. I walked into Hobby Lobby and I saw, and there's people that I knew recognize me because they're like smiling and like waving, <laughs> giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> but it makes me embarrassed. I'm like, I really believe it or not, I don't like the spotlight. Mm. I don't mind talking. I don't mind representing. I don't mind fighting. But you don't want the fame I, of it. It's weird. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's not, to me, it's not enjoyable. It's like, you know, I'm like, Jared, can we go grocery shop in Roanoke so we hardly don't see people we know? Because we can't even get out, you know. If we go to Food Line in Floyd, it's like a three and a half hour. <laughs> a line starts forming and people are like, oh, man. we're so happy. I mean, and we were just in the Floyd Christmas Parade. And I mean, oh, thousands of people. They were cheering when we went past. I right. mean, they are so excited to get one of their own in there, you know. They're like, give them hell. <laughs> That's the plan. And I had on a Santa Claus hat, and they're like, where's your cowboy hat? <laughs> That's hilarious. It was so funny. But we got we got you guys just a little something on okay. the way here. And it's not homemade. I wish it were. I haven't had time. Let's see what this is. Here. But it jumped out at me. Not politically correct, just correct. I like it. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, and like I said, I'm you know every sixty days we'll have you back. I got some future plans. You know, we've talked about partnering in certain ways, so I want to continue that conversation and you know maybe spin you off. Like I said, you got to be omnipresent. That's a, a YouTube channel. I mean, you know, if you all a, if you all want to do this, that's what I'm and, saying. And charge like, me a fee. Yeah. Like I'm looking for people to do this right now. Yeah. So I mean, I'm all I'm all in. Well, and, and I know, Scott, you make me comfortable for some reason. My parents saw the video with you and. They're like, that guy is really cool. Like, Marie, <laughs> you were yourself. And I'm like, well, he's easy to talk to. That's why he's, that's why you're doing this right. is you make people feel comfortable. You know, you're not hitting them with, you know, something out of left field, you know. And as a politician, that's embarrassing. When, yeah. when you get caught off guard with something that you don't really know how to respond to, it's, yeah. it's humiliating. Right. So. I hope to never do that. You don't. You make everyone feel comfortable. I've watched many of your segments, and everybody's very comfortable. Well, I appreciate your support, and um, I look forward to having you back after you're sworn in. And you got some, you got you know some, uh, you know, time under your belt here and yes. trying to get these things accomplished. And um, just really grateful for our relationship. Thank Anytime, you very much. I enjoy yeah. coming here, so I, I really appreciate you guys more than you even know. Right on. Yep. All right. Well, that's the show today. Um, episode 18, Marie March. Guys, we got to get some attention here. Share this with your mom. Like, We need 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Go over to YouTube, subscribe, help us out there, uh, and we appreciate all the support you guys give us with your attention. And, and reach out. If you need to get in touch with me, if you're in this district, uh, my cell phone is where everything goes, and I give out my cell phone number. It's 540-230-7582. Boom. So just let me know, reach out, and I'll help you out with any, any of your political uh, issues. Very good. All right. Till next time. Oh, next. Hey, lesson before you cut. We got Reggie Grubb coming next week. We're excited about that. Um, really, really good show coming next week, so tune in for that.